Welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 40. Thank you for listening. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I work for Spreaker as the head of content. And I have worked as a content creator and host for many years on the radio and podcasting. I've been the CTO of Podcast One, and I've managed the podcast content platform for Xbox and Zune for many years at Microsoft. This show is live streamed every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can certainly come and listen to the show live. If you want to, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. I have a very special guest on this week, and you're going to meet him soon. This show can be heard in iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and soon the Google Play Music Store. Please leave us a review, and we definitely want to hear from you. Send an email to me, rob at spreaker.com, and if you have a support question for Spreaker, then send that to support at spreaker.com. And then we also have a Twitter account, too, at Spreaker, and you can use the hashtag SpreakerLive there. So Spreaker does have have a blog at blog.spreaker.com and we have some terrific articles and Spreaker news that you can get on that that blog. I want to give a shout out to Gail Nobles, who's a Spreaker podcaster. Uh, she left some great comments um, in the, the last four or five um, Spreaker live show, uh, show episodes. She made a comment, Doug Stewart's show sounds like a rap group public enemy, which I thought was uh, really entertaining. And she also thinks her voice sounds funny as well, as all podcasters think uh, that their voices sound funny and you know i keep hearing this as a common thread that most podcasters don't like their voices anyway so i totally agree with you gail though i don't really have a problem with my voice but podcasting is about the only time that i can actually be heard sometimes if i am ever in a large group of people and i try and talk i can't be heard because my voice is so low so yeah so we we all have our little flaws with our <laughs> with our voices but it's certainly not a not anything that's going to hold you back from being a successful podcaster and she also said that there's got to be a way around copyright laws and my comment on that, and she was referring to music and podcasting, uh, is that I wish there was a way around, and it would be great if uh, there was an effort on the part of uh, the podcast community or the music community to make a, a license available for podcasters. So joining me on the show today, I've got a great guy. His name is Jason Hawes. He's the host of Beyond Reality Radio on Spreaker and is also a founder of the Atlantic Paranormal Society, which is based on a Warwick Rhode Island, and he's also one of the stars and co-producers of the sci-fi TV series, Ghost Hunters, which is in its ninth, ninth season. Is that correct, Jason? Actually, we're in our 10th season. 10th season. Okay. Uh, 11 seasons slated for next year. Amazing. So how many um, show episodes do you have on a season? Oh, geez. Well, we started off. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. Um, yeah. When we started off the first season, we did 10 episodes to start, thinking that the show really wouldn't survive much longer than that. Who wanted to watch a couple plumbers and uh, police officers investigate the paranormal? Um, and uh, then right after that, we jumped to uh, we were one of the first shows out there to ever do 26 episodes in wow. a season. That's... And we did, yeah, we did that for many, many years. So uh, episodic wise, we're somewhere around 300 plus episodes uh, over the last uh, 10 to 11 years. I can tell you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. And the show airs in 140 countries. So it's great because we're able to reach uh, people from all different uh, nationalities everywhere. And we're able to connect. And I think that means the most is just being able to get the word out. Well, Jason, welcome to the Speaker Live Show. I appreciate you coming on board. Jason can be found on a couple of websites here. You can be found at jasonhaas.com as well as beyondrealityradio.com. And he can be found on Twitter at jchaws. Is a 
place you can be found online. But Jason, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, this is like maybe an obvious question you get asked all the time, I'm sure, is how did you get sucked into getting involved in paranormal um, kind of activities? I mean, is there something from your past or was it always just a fascination on your part? Well, I did have my own personal experiences back uh, when I was in my late teens. But honestly, the paranormal had been something that I had always thought about, never really got involved into. But upon, uh, you know, having my own experience and looking around, uh, I realized, to be to be honest, there just seemed to be so much garbage out there. Everybody was willing to call everything they saw a ghost, whether it be dust being taken, uh, people taking a picture and getting dust and it creates a, an orb-like material and people thinking that that's spirit type activity or whatever. And uh, I also helped out with uh, some colleges in the past testing people who believed that they were sensitive, that they were psychic, uh, disproving about 80 to 90 percent of them. So I had when I got into this field, it just became such a such an interesting field uh, that I just wanted to look for the truth, the real explanation. And uh, it just took off. And I never thought that you're looking back you know, 20, 25 years ago that uh that the taps would become the top hit paranormal website in the world, you know, 15 years even before the show existed. Can you, after all these years, can you inconclusively say that there, there are such things as paranormal ghosts out there? Is that, or are you still on the hunt to try and prove that those exist? Well, I think we'll always be on the hunt, but I can say, well, the word paranormal, para just meaning above, so above the normal of what we're used to. Correct. Um, objects moving on their own is paranormal, but now there's scientific proof to show that high magnetic fields can condense enough to move small objects. So that doesn't mean that there's a ghost. It just means it's paranormal. It's above what we're used to. But I'm a firm believer in uh, in spirits and, act, uh, and hauntings and, and demonic type activity. I just believe over 80% of it can be disproved, that scientifically you can go in and figure out true what's going on it has nothing to do with ghosts it's just tends to be overactive imaginations undereducated uh, overmedicated undermedicated individuals um, or people who just want to believe you just really need to get in there and truly try to figure out what's going on because you're there to help yeah because I've watched um, you know a few of your episodes from your TV show and I have to say that you know it seems like in every episode that I've seen there, there's always something that's unexplained well uh, no I'm, I'm most of the episodes we're able to figure out truly what's going on and, and okay. a lot of episodes we Catch, uh, we don't catch anything. Oh, and I, th okay. I think that's why our show, being one of the first of its kind, uh, covering the subject and actually covering a group that goes in and investigates, has lasted so long because we're not embellishing. We're not changing things around. We're, we're truly going in and gotcha. looking for the reason. And I think that that's why so many fans have stuck with us for so long is because we're, we're real. We existed long before the show. Um, our group wasn't put together by a casting agency. It's something that I, I've I control and I, I have since the beginning mm -hmm. and that we're really looking for those answers. And a lot of times we just don't find anything. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I must have seen those those particular episodes that had something on there that it was like it, it was like, you know, you couldn't quite explain what what, what it was. But uh, we have a lot of those, too. So yeah, exactly. So there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but that has kind of spurred you on to like you say, get involved in this TV show. You're doing a radio show. You're writing books. I'm sure you didn't get into this thinking that you were going to be doing all that stuff, right? Oh, no. I, I had we I actually turned down doing a television show five times. The least thing I wanted to do was be on television. <clears throat> but yeah, through it, of course, I, I've uh, written six books, four have been New York Times bestsellers. Um, we're uh, getting back involved in the radio. I was involved uh, with radio for, for years in the past. I'm getting back involved now, which I love because it allows me to connect more one-on-one -on -one with uh, with the fans and, and people involved in this field and really ask in-depth questions 
uh, without having to worry about things being edited, uh, things being changed around. Also, besides that, well, yeah, I'm working with a couple uh, motion picture companies right now uh, behind the scenes doing some stuff and uh, you know, also talking with them on the op- option that they've looked into wanting to uh, purchase rights to be able to make uh, motion pictures on some of my past case files. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So in podcasting today, and I wanted to kind of drill down into that topic a little bit. Now, granted, doing a radio show is is a little different because you're doing it live. Podcasting, I mean, so how does that fit into this? And as you think about podcasting, have you thought about live events? I mean, as you start thinking about um, creating kind of the full spectrum of, of your kind of media brand of sorts. Well, podcasting has been great. The, uh, the main thing is, especially dealing with Spreaker, you get, they have such incredible audio, uh, such great setup that we're able to get on there. And when I do the show, we've got thousands of people that are listening to us live. We're having call-in contests. We're communicating back and forth with the listeners. So we've got those thousands of people that are there every week who are listening to us live and also after the show is online so people can instantly download it save it to their their iphone their android whatever their computer and listen to it later they can but the nice thing is also we created apps through, uh, through spreaker so people are able to listen live through their phones whether they're on the go in the car and it's just been a great experience because when i was doing radio before you never had these capabilities you never had the ability to really upload the show and and have it out there for people to download and save and listen listen to later on or as many times as they wanted to so it's just to see how advanced everything has become over the last you know 10 to 15 years it's it's been incredible it really has though it seems like that your show is really appealing to a live listening on us which is kind of unusual in the podcasting space today but i think that your on demand or your downloaded side i think has huge upside potential as well you guys are getting so much feedback and comments in your comment threads that you guys are really pushing our system and i think it's i mean it's a good problem because we want to solve that issue as well, because not many shows have that kind of challenge. Um, but it really speaks to the engagement that you have with your audience. And and I think, you know, as a at podcasters that are listening to this show would probably love to hear some of your thoughts and ideas on how you've been able to foster that. Well, yeah, we, we definitely, we've been trying to push your system to the, to the brink. <laughs> we told you that in the beginning that we were going to do that. Um, and, uh, and you guys have held up, which has been great. And just the fact that we're able to communicate instantaneous, that people are able to tune into the show. They're able to hear, because a lot of times when we're talking to people, uh, like we just had Andrea Perrin, who, uh, her family was, uh, the movie, the conjuring was based on. And, uh, we had, uh, uh, one of the Lutz family members just, you know, a couple of weeks ago who the Amityville was based on. And the nice thing is we get in there, we ask these hard questions. Uh, the guests know when they come on that they're going to be asked these questions. It's not going to be a, a little, you know, love fest type interview. And a couple of weeks ago with, with uh, Mr. Lutz, when we were talking to him, come to find out all these things that uh, the movie had, movie had embellished and made up, never happened. Uh, the book, so much in the book not being not being honest, um, going on to the activity in the house, you're able to hear the truth behind what Hollywood had, had really blown up. And I think that that's really important. People love love to know the real story. Um, you know, a lot of people watch the, TV, watch the movies and think, wow, that's exactly what happened. But no, when you get into, into the depth of the, the conversation in the interview, you're able to hear truly the accounts that happened and what might have been made up and what was faked. And 
And, and people love that. And I think that's why they're tuning in because they, they know they're going to be able to hear the, the hard questions, us asking, uh, the, no joke. We're, we're there to have a good interview and get the truth out of it. And that's why a lot of people are tuning in live instantaneous to, to hear that. They want to be the first to hear that. And, uh, and also the fans from Ghost Hunters and TAPS, They've always always been so loyal. They're the ones who've made our our television show a success. They're the ones who make the the radio show a success, the podcast a success. It's all due to them, uh, and because of them, that allows us the ability to to do what we've done. What do you think is the key thing that that hooks that audience to to stay so engaged? Because your show is is not a short show. I mean that the thing is. What two and a half hours? Three guess, hours or three no, hours? Well, yeah, three hours. If you, if you, yeah. you know, two and a half if you cut uh, the commercials. But uh, I think it's because we're very interactive with them. We're chatting with them. We're communicating with them online as mm-hmm. we're doing as we're doing this. Um, and they truly they never they never know what's going to happen. But we're also doing a giveaway contests. We give away taps and Ghost Hunters merchandise. Um, we take their questions that they ask. And ask our guests uh, the questions that they want to know. And I think that's one of the most important things. When you're talking, when you're listening to a show, you're always sitting there hoping that somebody would ask a question. This one question you want the answer for. Well, us doing the show online, um, we have the ability to ask that question. We can see what the listeners want want to know. And we ask those questions and uh, get the answers. Right in the, the stream of the comment thread, I'm yeah, assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to play just a quick clip from your show just so listeners can can hear kind of the production and kind of the the flow of it and the feel of it so it's about a minute long here so let me play that right now sure you're listening to beyond reality radio with jason hawes and jv johnson you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth can't handle the truth All right, welcome to the program. It's Beyond Reality Radio. It's Monday night. It's JV. It's Jason, and we are ready to go. Yes, we are. And Jimmy, you're uh, you're loving it though. Jimmy has snuck away and is in Orlando, Florida. And Jason, we're very excited about the guests that will be coming up in our second hour. We do. Uh, I am. I am. Andrea Perrin. Um, her family is the family that bought the uh, a home back in 1970 in Harrisville, Rhode Island. The movie The Conjuring is based on her family's experiences in this home. And they, they went through a lot. And everything that the neighbors had told them, uh, right down to you know, ex- even the past owners, Jim, telling them, you're going to want to leave the lights on at night, you're going to want to do this. But the house has had so much tragedy over the years. And when you really do your research, you find you know, people had committed suicide, hung themselves in the barn, Four people were found dead, frozen to death on the property and everything else. And when they bought this house, they figured it was it was their dream home, 200-acre piece of uh, property in Rhode Island. I've investigated it. I investigated it in Season 7. And uh, you know, 200-acre, a lot out there. Um, yeah, beautiful home in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. And it just it turned out to be uh, be more of a nightmare than, than a dream home. Yeah, and that's a familiar story. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we got a chance. Yeah, so it was great to kind of hear the flow of your show. It's very conversational, very easy to listen to, and I think it's it's a real testament. And as you look at the program, 
I can see where an audience would engage with that and they kind of listen kind of kind of later in the evening so it is kind of more of a relaxing kind of kind of thing but people are sitting in front of their computers and listening to it and then giving you guys feedback and I think it's it's really a, you know an interesting flow so how many guests do you typically have on a show uh depending uh, like last night we had two guests we had mm-hmm. uh a gentleman who's the curator for Ripley's Museum, and we also had uh, Andrea Perrin. Uh, the week prior, we had a guest on each hour that covered a different subject. So it all depends on the uh, the subject we're covering, and you know the the amount of time we think that we'll need to get the correct answers out of that person. But we're always also set up to to roll into more time. There's been time that we ran over three hours uh, because you know, we were busy talking about stuff. So, and that's the nice thing about online; you can do that i can't do that on the real radio and i can't just randomly run into the next person's show but uh we're able to online so are you involved in you know any kind of paranormal conventions or conferences or anything like that as part of your your effort with uh with the atlantic the atlantic paranormal Paranormal society yeah yeah, I actually I am. I uh, I own part of a convention uh, company, and uh, I I show up to many conventions. And usually we try to hold it off till September or October. But Steve and I do a, a, a do a tour, and we go, and we do these big theaters where we go, and we've got anywhere from fifteen hundred to six thousand people in the audience. And we get up on stage, and uh, we're there for about two two and a half hours. We do a whole presentation, which is great because it's not one of those boring things where uh, people come and you know they're falling asleep it's interactive we can we connect with with the people that are there um we we show them great stuff we show them great evidence we get them to laugh we've got funny bits on it as well and uh yeah then we'll also do some conventions as well conventions are tough because like when i was doing dragon con in atlanta um on an average day we were meeting you know six to six to eight thousand fans but you really, you're not meeting six to eight thousand fans when it's that many people, and you only have ten hours that you're going to be there signing. So it's pretty much shake a hand, uh, say hello, and the person moves on. So I try to avoid the larger conventions just due to that because I prefer ones that I'm able to interact with the people and and truly get to get to talk with them. No, that's important. I think that builds loyal fans, doesn't it? I think it just shows that that you're in it yeah. for the right reasons instead of right. you know just yeah saying hello and and kicking them off to the side. That's not what it's about. They're the ones who've made it a success, and you know I'm a true investigator in the field. Yeah. So have you ever thought about doing your uh, your radio show as a as a live on stage? It's funny. Uh, years before, years ago, when we uh, were doing, uh, when I first started, we did do a broadcast from the Mount Washington Hotel, and uh, yeah, it, was, it was. We definitely dealt with some complications, but we made it work. And we have talked. Jimmy and I have actually been talking about doing uh, doing some while at different locations as well. Um, recently, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people have asked us to investigate certain locations. Uh, one being the Bell Witch haunting and uh, some other locations. If we can work out the, the complicated process, I'd love to broadcast right from a location like that. That way everybody's able to hear everything going on and somehow also do a video feed where they'd be able to see what's going on. Like last night while we were doing the show, I sat here and I even kicked on Periscope, which is the video side of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was going crazy. Um and it's great because they're able to see us as we're as we're doing our stuff. <laughs> a lot of them are able to see the faces we're making when when certain questions are, are asked or certain answers are given. And it's kind of a different funny side of it as well. Yeah. No, I mean, it's live and, you know, all these new, you know, like Periscope and Meerkat and whatever. 
they're giving a slightly different content pathway to to fan bases, and I think it's it kind of is a behind the scenes kind of thing. Somewhat, it seems like that that's how it's mostly used for, but it's very personal. I mean, it doesn't get any, any more deeper as far as the the layer of communication that happens between the viewer and the the host. Right? It, it just it's so close it's like right in your face (laughs) and i think that's important because the one thing we've always wanted people to know is we're very approachable and a lot of people don't realize that when it comes down to people on tv who've been on tv for a long time and so forth people tend to think that they're not approachable they they keep their distance and that's not what it's about it we're in this field trying to get the word out trying to connect with everybody so we always want to be very approachable we've got nothing to hide that's why i don't mind video i don't mind audio i I love doing the live live part of it because this is me unedited this is if if i screw up i screw up (laughs) bottom line you guys hear it and i think that that's that's really important because it's the real me let's talk a little bit more about your tv show we just wrapped the 10th season um okay which yeah just finished just finished uh, airing and we have season 11 that's slated for uh 2016 and uh yeah so right now we're uh we're cranking that along we're getting those episodes all ready and uh, some great locations that we're uh, we're working on right now. Some I can't say too much about the locations, of course, yet. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's I think it's going to be an incredible season. We've been working uh, real close with Fleur Thermal Imaging and uh, with and some of the equipment that they've uh, they've set us up with to use and to field test for them on stuff that they want to put out for the public uh, in the near near future. And I think it's really it's been beneficial for for both sides because we've been able to document some stuff that. Without that equipment, we never would have. So what kind of stuff does that equipment give you visibility into? Is it kind of like heat heat patterns? Uh, is it electrical? Is it, what's the... Anything that gives off uh, a heat source, we're able to... Oh, yeah. to or even a, a cooler source we're able to pick up. And the nice thing is, so anything that's a different temperature from the area that we're in. So I can literally have the camera set up and somebody could be, you know, three, 400 feet away in the woods I can see that person because their body is giving off a hotter signal, a hotter image than the trees around them, the the plants around them, all that other stuff. So they show up yellow, red, uh, different colors where everything else might be showing up black or, or a dark blue. So it definitely helps locate different things. And a lot of the theories out there are that these entities tend to either cool the air around them in return uh, to by drawing in the energy, making themselves warmer and giving off a, uh, a heat signature. So you're able to see them through oh. when your eyes are not, um, which w- would explain why certain animals tend to focus on things that people don't see there and, and, and uh, so forth. But uh, yeah, so it definitely helps out when it comes down to that. It's certainly, you know, it's a mysterious thing. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I don't know, know a lot about par- paranormal stuff myself, so I'm I'm learning a lot about it from you today. And I'm learning a lot about podcasting from you, Rob. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting topic to kind of kind of change gears a little bit and go back to podcasting. It's a fairly, it's a fairly new phenomenon. I mean, it's been around for 10 years, but it certainly hasn't been around as long as, uh, as radio has been around. Um, I mean, so how do you think of podcasting, as you look into the future, I mean, is it going to become really, really a, a key way for your audience to, to connect with your show, do you think? Or is live still going to be the dominant focus, you think? I think, um, well, I think it's going to be a little of both, but <clears throat> excuse me, um, I see podcasting really 
becoming the new form of radio. And you've been seeing that transition. It's like when everybody started off, it was, it was AM and then, yeah, there's still AM out there, but it moved to FM and then FM has since moved more to, uh, to the XM side of it. And so, and I think podcast is, is that next, it's the younger generation where they're coming into it. That's what they, they're always walking around with their phone or their iPod, some sort of a MP3 player. So they're able to have what they want as they want it at that time. And I think that that's really important and that's where everything's going to. Also, if you look at some of the technology coming out, there's radios that are overseas right now that are mainly, they pick up the Wi-Fi signals. So people are able to pull up podcasts on their car stereo systems. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a a big thing of the the next wave. And uh, people will be able to listen to a podcast just by turning to the station on their uh, car, car stereo. So, it's definitely it's the way of the future, and and I see it growing and growing. And yeah, like you were saying, you know, ten years ago, but look at how much it's changed in ten years now. Yeah, think about you know five or ten years from now where where it's going to be. I, it's truly it's it's blowing up, and it's been blowing up over the last uh, couple of years. But as I think about your show, though, as I think you know, with the audience engagement, you know, w- w- one of the things that podcasting is still a li- little weak on is that 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 engagement and that um, that audience involvement um, is certainly you know, anytime you have like a recorded on demand playback experience, you're a little compromised on the, the ability to have that feedback loop, right? That connection with the audience at a deeper level, and I know that the podcasting space certainly can get better at that, right? There's got to be tools that are going to be easier for an audience to connect with a podcast um, than we have today. I think that's kind of an unfulfilled promise there that, that that can happen, but it's never going to get to the same level that you guys have today with your with your live show. Do you think that's okay? I mean, or is it always going to be a conduit for you to get people into your life? I definitely see, um, of course, the podcast side will will take off and get larger and larger. Um, Mm -hmm. I would always hope to have uh, those diehards who stick with us through the live show were there. Um, But no matter what, and and I think they will be there. We'll always have – it's just like some people like to record the football game and some people want to watch it. Um, So you've got got those. But – yeah, I think we'll always have those those fans who tune in during the live show, uh, which are are great because they're they they're tuning in to be interactive with us. And you'll always also have those the people who download it and uh, save it for later and and just listen to it uh, at their leisure. So um, I'm hoping that the fan uh, that the uh, the live part is always there because I love that live part. You know, as long as people are downloading it, saving it, and listening to something that we've created, that's really all that matters to me. It's sort of like when I I do – every year for many years, I was doing a six-hour live event on Halloween. And uh, besides the show, it – just like when I did the live show, I, I want the live – the people to tune into the live show and and listen to us and and watch us. But – I also love the fact that they're watching all my episodes that I had already filmed and that are out there. You know, I think one of the things that I I learned, I I recently went on a trip to, to Spain and spent some time with, um, you know, some Spanish podcasters back in Barcelona. And I was talking to one of them back there, and, and he was telling me that a couple of podcast shows that are um, done in Spain that are 14 hours long each episode. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> and, and they're oh, person? Yeah, exactly. And they're getting uh, like 10,000 downloads. Wow. And that, that's a long, long time. We, I, we for three hours. And uh, well, and you're talking about what possibly 
doing more, right? I mean, because right now you're doing just once a week, right? That's right. And we're talking about going, uh, Jimmy and I doing Monday through Friday and having a fill-in guest uh, host to do Saturday and Sundays. Do you think that, that that strategy will kind of kind of uh, splinter your audience across too many episodes and you're not going to get as much engagement in each of those those shows as you would once a week? I don't know. I, I think time would tell. But uh, you know, my idea on it is when I sit here and talk for three hours on a subject, I feel like I start to break the ice on it and then the show's over. So it's tough. Um, I would love to sit there and say, okay, well, this week we're going to talk about inhuman hauntings and just a week long interview somebody different each night and talk about inhuman hauntings, get their take on it, get uh, the religious aspect, maybe have a, a you know somebody from the Catholic religion come on and, and talk about it, so-called uh, demonologists, and also get the other side of the, uh, the coin of the people who, who want to come on and say, you know, this isn't real and this is why. So I love the idea of hearing everybody's take on it and also laying the questions down on them and, and trying to get their answers. I'm a believer in it. But am I going to take everything a demonologist comes on my show and says? No, I'm going to question it in that same regard. So I'm going to question him just like I'm going to question the nonbeliever who comes on and says it's impossible. So I think we could I think if done right, we could take a week on each subject mm -hmm. and cover cover that. Because really, if you think about it, each show is going to be its own independent show. I think people will tune in because they never know what's going to happen each time. And go from there and you know, tune in to hear this guest, that guest, and just get our take on, on different things. I can definitely see, you know, that whole deep dive aspect to it because, I, I mean, it's certainly – that's one advantage of even podcasting for that matter. But you're not really limiting yourself on that point even on the, the, the live streaming side, which m most people feel more limited if they're doing radio than they do with podcasting. But you're, you're figuring out there's a way here to, to actually – in some ways, I mean, if you talk to people in the podcast community, they will often tell you that maybe three hours a day every day doesn't work in podcasting. Uh, it's too much content. Um, but I've also seen examples. I've worked with the Dan Patrick show and the Rich Eisen show and s some of these uh, shows that are more like what you're doing. They have a TV show component. They're, they're doing um, syndicated radio and plus they're doing podcasting. And what they find is that those three-hour radio shows, they do get listened to. And the, the reason they get listened to is because they have really highly engaged audiences, which that's exactly what you guys have. That's the common thread that, that, that I see between the show that you're doing and Rich Eisen and Dan Patrick and uh, Clark Howard and those kind of guys out there that, that are doing really successful nationally syndicated shows. But they're producing a lot of content, but they're also able to engage that audience for that period of time as well. Well, and I know I could sit there and listen to somebody as long as they were covering both sides of the coin and uh, asking the hard questions. I could listen to a week long of the same subject. It's just like when I when I turn on the news channel I, and I'm focusing on listening to a certain story every day, I'm getting a little of that story. Um, so I think that that is is a great way to go because people are going to be able to get all different views from all different types of people on the same subject and from there be able to draw their own conclusion. Yeah, that's what this whole online kind of world is. Now, granted, there, there's people out there that, that will say that people have very short attention spans now, especially the younger people. I, I've always kind of pushed back on that. I think that that short attention span has been focused on 
on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, and not, not just that, but it's also it's on subjects that really don't doesn't don't have a lot of depth either. If it doesn't interest the person, they're not going to stay focused on that. And I think that's where interacting with them and covering both sides from multiple yeah. different views really comes in because no matter what, they're going to be able to find one part of that that does interest interest them and holds them and allows them to enjoy what they're hearing. Yeah, it's all about passion, right? It's all about you know how engaged am I in this subject matter? And I think that that's the key and that that's the common thread that I see across all these. Not every podcast has that, right? Because yeah. they're not as focused on a particular area that a large group of people have an interest in. Well, I agree with that. It's just like when I was younger and I was going to school, science class, social studies, gym. I was I was interactive. I enjoyed. I loved it. Math class came around. I could have fallen asleep. <laughs> You know what? The rest of those hours, I was connected because there were things there that interested me. There was something that I wanted to know about. I wanted to learn. And uh, and it had nothing to do with the teachers. They were great, all great teachers. But yeah. it's just the things that interested me I, and I could interact and, and really get in depth with uh, really kept me going. And it was math. Math just lacked on that. Math and English. Let hey, me be- <laughs> uh, you and I are common ground on that one. I was the same way in school. I was like, you know. You know, I was a marketing guy. I was more of a creative, get sports guy. And, you know, math was just kind of like not my, not my interest. <laughs> you give me history. You give me you know science things like yeah. that. I'm in. I'm I'm totally game. I, I'm getting A's in those subjects. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's you know each one of us ha- have our kind of specialty thing that we like to engage with, and that's I, you found your calling, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. Hey, well, Jason, it's been fantastic to have you on the show to to hear all about Beyond Reality Radio, Ghost Hunters, all the terrific stuff that you're doing out there. Most of all, just, you know, you're jumping into the podcasting world and I'm excited to have you part of that world. And, but yet you're still able to do, you know, what, what you guys are doing fantastic. And that's uh, engaging with, uh, you know, online kind of live radio. So I think it's great. And it means a lot to have uh, to, for you to have me on on the show and and to talk with me and just uh, to be in, involved with you all over at Spreaker. It's been such a great experience. Uh, you guys are really down to earth. You you get it, and uh, you're just going. You're you're doing it right. I think. I like I've told you so many times, even off of the podcast, your setup is so advanced compared to everybody else's. It, it we, we've been having such an incredible time. Yeah, and we're only going to be making it better. So that's our. That's our goal at Spreaker. We've got a terrific team uh, that's that's really really focused on that and trying to make it as easy and it's is a great experience for listeners as well as the creators. And that that that's what attracted me to this company. That's for sure. So, yeah. well, Jason, what's the best way for people to connect with you? I know you have a website uh, beyondrealityradio.com. dot um, yep, They have uh, those the best places. We- well, beyondrealityradio.com, they've got jasonhaws.com, and the uh, the TAPS website that uh, averages anywhere from 93 million hits a year usually, but uh, and that's the AtlanticParanormalSociety.com. I'd so, say that's big. <laughs> Before the show, we were getting 30,000 hits a day. Now we average somewhere around uh, 200 and something thousand hits uh yeah, per day. It's been it's definitely been interesting. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me and good luck with your show. We'll be uh promoting it and let's see how high you guys can fly, right? <laughs> <laughs> Such an honor, Rob. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, well thank you. Please uh give the show a rating in iTunes, uh and and a comment too if you want to. Uh 
please give me some feedback, rob at Spreaker.com. If you have any questions or comments, send them to me. And uh, and also tweet about the show. And we'll be back next uh, Wednesday for another episode of the Spreaker Live Show. I appreciate you tuning into the show, and, and we'll talk to you next week. 